0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Method to the Madness, the fortnightly podcast where we discuss, analyse and otherwise ponder our favourite films and television. I'm your host today, Mitchy, and joining me as usual is Patrick. Hello. And today we'll be reviewing our second uh, international film actually, as in a film that's not directed in like a western country. Uh, this film is Sputnik, the Russian film by Igo Abramenko starring Oksana Akinshina, Fyodor Bondachuk, and Peter Fyodorov, And it goes without saying that, just like in our second, in our Parasite podcast, we can't pronounce these names very well, so yeah. please forgive me. <laughs> yeah, so we decided to do this song because, well, I don't know, I, I decided on it, and, and I got pad to watch it, but like I watched it a few weeks ago at the cinemas because the cinemas where I live kind of do a little bit more unusual stuff and i thought it was an alright movie and it was quite an interesting movie something quite like considering it came out this year, it's it's quite novel in some ways and i didn't mind it so i thought it'd be a welcome change something a little bit more less kind of analysis wise and just a bit of fun you know so we'll start off anyway what what do you think of this movie pat i mean when do you watch it last night right yeah or this morning
1: no last night yeah um yeah no i actually i did like this film it was well made. Yeah. Uh good looking. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I haven't seen many Russian films. I've been meaning to watch so there's this Russian director, Andrei Tarkovsky, I believe. He's he so famous. Is, yeah. Yeah, he's one of like the most uber famous filmmakers of all time. He made these two films, um, called Stalker and Solaris. Yeah, Solaris, yeah. So they are two sci fi films made in Russia in the seventies, I believe, and they're like really famous. So Yeah. And I haven't seen either of them. I've been meaning to, but yeah, I don't know. I was um I was keen for this because like you know, kind of Russian sci-fi. I was interesting. I was interested to see maybe if there is this legacy that I'm not sure about about Russian sci-fi. Yeah. So yeah, I know I was I was pretty keen to watch this. And um, well, first off, I I'm a huge fan of like gross like body horror alien movies. Yeah. There's just great. something about that's been imbued into our culture subconscious about. Stuff, aliens, and stuff from space is like usually invasive and gross. Yeah. And I think that stems from like movies like The Blob and Alien, uh, Ridley Scott's Alien, that something about organic horror is the home of, um, science fiction horror. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it it always makes me queasy and uneasy. Um, and this film, like, it, it did, it just in that aspect did it really well. Yep. You know, we, me, personally, and I'm sure, like, you and a lot of other people know a lot about the Cold War from, like, the American perspective, right? Mm. So, I was really interested to see, and, you know, this film is set during the Cold War. Mm. So, I was really interested to see Soviet Cold War-era science fiction. Because, you know, from my perspective, that's a novel and unusual idea or, like, setting, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I was just never never really experienced that. So in from that perspective it was really interesting, yeah.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, what about you? I I, I thought it was a great film. Like I, I, I know I recognise that it's not an impressively like amazing film, you know. We've certainly reviewed films that are a lot more worthy to be titled as a film as opposed to this, but it's I mean it's it's entertainment, right? And I thought and I kind of wanted to do it just because it's nice to just throw in a movie here and there that's kind of like oh you know it's not really much to talk about it but, but we'll do it anyway sort of like a drive when we did drive like a lot of that was just it was a good movie to watch and and beautiful movie but in terms of its depth and stuff is not a great deal I mean this even less so than drive and but I I loved it like I uh, the first time I didn't enjoy as much as much, but then when I watched it a second time, for some reason, I just enjoyed it a lot more. It just the plot made a lot more sense, even though there wasn't much of a plot to flo- follow, but I did manage to follow it a bit more in the second time. And I love the cinematography. This movie is so drab. It's so great. There's like fuck all mm-hmm. color in it at all. And it really builds tension very well as well. And I love the alien. I thought, and th- I thought the, most unique aspect of this was the fact that the alien actually developed a symbiotic relationship with the host and generally what happens in these alien body horror movies is that the alien just ends up killing the humans right mm. but it, which obviously this alien does it kills the enemy humans but in terms of its host the cosmonaut that comes back from space he actually benefits from the alien and they generate this symbiotic relationship, you know, and we don't usually have that, like, like, even, like, um, Venom in Spider-Man, like, he's meant to be this alien from space who is trying to form a symbiotic relationship, like, if you remember in Spider-Man 3, they're, like, talking about symbiosis and stuff, but it turns out he ends up really being a parasite and kind of torments his host in some way, and that's what I quite enjoyed about this film, I thought it was an interesting aspect of it, and the fact that he also kind of lived vicariously, through the alien as well when he was unconscious. I thought that was quite interesting. I I don't really have any major problems with this movie. I just think it really fits its its genre well. It does a very good job at it. So I I don't know. I, I think it's great and there's some good stuff to talk about. Just interesting things. I like how um he the cosmonaut, he kinda he was pretending
1: the whole time to not know that he had an alien inside him. But I kind of yeah. I kind of picked yeah. up on that through his performance. I was like, this guy definitely is faking yeah. it. And then, yeah, I was r- turned out I was, I was right later on. So props to him for that.
0: Yeah, it was cool. And, like, the f- he was experiencing all of it as well. Like, all the murders yeah. and stuff. That's interesting, yeah. Um, can you take us through the plot summary, Patrick, please?
1: Yeah. Okay, so. Two cosmonauts undock from their space station to return to Earth. At the landing site, one of the cosmonauts has been brutally killed, leaving one survivor, Constantin. Tachana, a psychiatrist, is chosen by Colonel Semirodov to diagnose Konstantin who is held under high security in the remote steeps of Soviet-occupied Kazakhstan. It is quickly revealed that there is an alien residing inside Konstantin, which only shows itself at night when he is unconscious. Tachana's true mission is to successfully separate this alien from Konstantin, as both are dependent on each other to survive. When Tachana suspects some information is being withheld from her, she is shown the true nature of the alien, It is completely symbiotic with its host, and its experiences are vicariously but quite tangibly lived by Konstantin as well. Konstantin knew this, but feigned ignorance in hopes of returning to normal life to find his orphaned son. Sensing Colonel Samiradov's intentions of killing Konstantin, Tanaya aids him in escaping. The alien is released from his body, and they escape. However, Konstantin's condition quickly deteriorates, as it is clear he is entirely dependent on the alien. In the steeps, Tachana and Konstantin are confronted by Colonel Samiradov, who has contained the alien. The alien kills the colonel and inhabits its host once again. Constantin accepts the only viable solution to prevent the alien from escaping into the real world, killing himself. Tachana fulfills her promise by adopting Constantin's son after it is revealed that she went that she was an orphan herself.
0: Yeah, we're not the really end. sure how to pronounce Constantin, Constantine. Just yeah. <laughs> Constantine. John. Constantin. Bloody yeah. hell. Um, Russian's cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's an interesting language. Yeah. It's it's almost like they mutter it like even if I knew how to speak it that that's what every other language seems though like if you don't know it it seems you reckon yeah I suppose but like but Russian even more so like when I listen to like German or French it's kind of more clear yeah but you know some words though maybe yeah yeah. I, I don't know any French but but yeah I don't know it's 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 cool though yeah um so this movie is uh it's it was actually distributed by Sony interestingly Okay, Which I don't quite understand because it's like fully Russian made and it was funded by a Russian company. When I say mean company, I mean the Russian government because basically it's still communist over there. It hasn't really changed and everything's still run by the government. But it ended up being very successful in Russia. So it was the most streamed movie on Russian Netflix Uh, otherwise known as more.tv or i don't know m-o-r-e could be more (laughs) or some shit but I, i looked it up it's literally netflix but it's russian yeah okay in the last two years the most streamed movie so i don't know how much they fucking release movies in russia but obviously not that much and it was actually reasonably successful in western civilization as well it's the fifth most rented film on apple tv the weekend it was released so you know, it's not something that's kind of, like, gone under the radar and no one's heard about it. It's something that is kind of getting reasonable acclaim and recognition in across the world. Right. Which is good because it's not something that happens too often with Russian movies, I feel, because I cannot name another Russian movie until you told me about Solaris, so...
1: It is... It's pretty interesting how... There are characters in this that are very critical of, like, communist Russia and the Soviets, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that was um, one of the things I wanted to discuss is that this movie, one of the things I loved about it, it really does a good job of showing you what communism was like. Even though you're not living a normal communist life in this movie, like, this doesn't follow a family and living in Moscow or something. It's out in the steeps of Kazakhstan. There's only, like, three characters. It still does a reasonably good job at uh, discussing that kind of thing. So this movie's set in November nineteen eighty-three and that's a point of time during the Cold War which was actually quite heated. So there was a bit of a drop-off about five years before that, we had the Brezhnev era, which the he was a leader of, of Russia, the equivalent of Stalin, but obviously in the seventies. Brezhnev was quite a nice guy. He didn't really care too much about communism and people kind of realized then that, you know, communist is not the right way to go. He started to introduce more capitalist ideals into Russia, like department stores, etc., and people could go shopping more. And even though there were problems with his reign, the people kind of understood what it was like to live in a more Western capitalist uh, democracy. And then this new guy came along after him called Andropov, and this is when in 1983 when this movie is set he would have been in charge at this you know at that time and he was the complete opposite he wanted to kind of go back to the hardcore ways again and because Ronald Reagan as well at the same time in the US provoked the Russians the Cold War just ramped up again in the 80s and it quite it got quite heated at that point in time and and the Soviets were like under shit because like they just had this Polish revolt like, a couple of years before that, and they were in the midst of the war with the Afghanistanis and they were getting fucked up by them. And it's just not a really good time for the Soviet Union. And as a result, the communist ideals were trying to... They were trying to bring back the ways of, like, you know, the old communist ideals from the 50s and 60s when it was more hardcore but because of Brezhnev before Andropov people kind of knew what it was like to be western right. and as a result people are kind of disillusioned and you can really see that with these characters right like the main character i love it like i love her like she's she's great tatiana she's i love the fact that firstly it's a female lead because obviously it's 2020 and and it's important to have female leads and and you know not have male leads all the time but it's just such a russian thing to do because they've always had this ideal of like the idea of feminism and sexism has not really been much of a contentious issue in russia as it has been in most western countries they actually do hold their women have always held them in high regard in society like for example they used to they let them fight in world war ii as soldiers you know which we you know we never did and it's just great that there's a lead female character, and she's just such a great character too. Like really solid, and she's
1: the only compassionate character in the whole movie too. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah.
0: yeah, but she's also really intelligent too. Yeah. She she understands what the system is like. Like right at the start, she's like, "Do you want me to sign this non disclosure agreement?" And you know the the colonel's kind of taken aback. Like, "What are you on about?" And he, he, you know, because she knows that she obviously doesn't believe any any of that shit. But she knows that she kind of has to follow it, and it just really highlights like. The opinion of the Russian people of communism by that point of the Cold War. Yeah. They were kind of just getting sick of it. I
1: didn't, had no idea about that context. That is super cool though. That that does make the movie feel a lot more real.
0: And even a colonel to some extent, because like at the start, she's like, Oh, is that an order that I have to come with you? And he's like, Oh, I don't believe in orders. They're not effective for highly intelligent people. And again, it just seems like the colonel's kind of disillusioned by the way uh, communism works. Com- communism was traditionally like very authoritarian and you just had to do what you said. You never questioned anything. And yet he's still driven by the course to satisfy his superiors. But he kind of understands that the m- the methods that, in which communism works is kind of obsolete and doesn't work too well anymore.
1: Right. Um, is there something about the motivations of the scientist guy, about how he, all he cares about is, um, like, prestige? Oh, ri- Riggle, or Rigel or whatever, the guy yeah, with glasses. like, does that possibly have something to do with um, the ideologies left over from, like, the space race or something in the 60s? Yeah, or? it
0: could have been. I mean... Yeah? Yeah, I suppose so, because... Mm. They were very competitive at the time, and it was interesting, like, they, because she does specify, like, I'm not after your Nobel Prize, and it's like, yeah, I mean, during the Cold War, it's, it's Cold War's weird, like, I, I never, it's a war, but not really a war, because like,
1: yeah, it's... it's- you know it's a super nebulous period of history like yeah it doesn't like super vague it is
0: and it's like you're at war with someone yeah. but then you'll compete with them in the olympics and stuff it's kind of a bit bizarre like or or, or try and compete for nobel prizes you know like one year will be won by an american next year you'll be won by russians but technically you're at war like it's it's such a interesting bizarre period of history and I also like there was a lot of subtext about heroes in this movie. Like, it, yeah, they talk about it a fucking lot because the cosmonaut has always it has always been held in high regard as a hero, as always a hero of the Soviet Union. And that's not to say that that's not the same in in America or other countries generally. Like Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin when they went to the moon, they were they were held as held up as kind of heroes of America as well. You know, but obviously with the Amer- uh, with the Russians. And communism, they kind of hold it to even more of a higher standard. And he kind of feels himself to be a true hero. And then the main, the protagonist, Tatyana, she's obviously, again, being a disillusioned communist or disillusioned Russian. She just says to him, like, what's heroic about sitting in that tin can for two weeks at the expense of the government? And, like, compares him as a hero to attacking a tank with a grenade. Like, you know, they're completely different things. And traditionally in, in Soviet heroism, it was always war and and things in battle that kind of won you that rank as a hero, you know. Like you would do a grenade attack on a tank, and by that point of time, it wasn't so much of a thing anymore. War, war wasn't be able to, is a method to kind of drive the communist system. But by the eighties, they weren't really at war anymore. I mean, sure they had the war in Afghanistan, but it wasn't a great war for them because they weren't victorious at all. And again, that kind of shows that the communist system is decrepit and old it doesn't really work in this modern world that is so disillusioned and and understands what it like what it's like to have like freedom etc like america and it doesn't really work anymore and I, I quite like that aspect as well it's just again kind of tying in with the soviet thing
1: yeah that is interesting i just looked up like the cuban missile crisis yeah which was in 1962 Yep. Yeah. which is i thought i thought that was like at least in the 70s so like yeah, the presence of war wasn't really a very salient thing, I guess, for like a, for like a couple decades at least. Yeah, when this took place. So yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, really, the last major war for Russia was World War Two. Yeah, right. Like the true victory, you know, like they rolled in and, and beat the the enemy fair and square you know but by that point of time like you had the vietnam you had korea war vietnam war but russia was never really involved in those or more proxy wars and then afghanistan was actually a true war for the U- u.s.s.r but they got rolled there and again not a proper war either in a way because they were finding a lot of insurgents and wait, sorry yeah, when was
1: when were the russians in afghanistan
0: they invaded in i think 79
1: right okay yeah wait what were they doing yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, just them. <laughs> just, <laughs> just thought just they'd like- start a war, they just invade <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so um basically I think what happened was that there was sort of a semi autocratic king slash royal royalty running the country slash some sort of government. They weren't too great. And the communist party of Afghanistan staged a revolt and they took over in a coup. As a result, they got there was another revolt by a lot of the The insurgents in Afghanistan, like the Mujahideen and a lot of other people, which have effectively developed into like modern day Taliban. And they revolted against the communists because the communists were new and and revolted against the government before that. So then the Soviets, because they were backing that communist government because they were communists, they just rolled in. And, <laughs> and basically helped them out, helped the communist government of Afghanistan out. But it was an abysmal failure. Like the Russians lost a lot of men very quickly and it cost them so much money. And like no one wanted them there either because basically they just declared war on a country for no good reason. Like it had nothing to do with them. So all the Western powers are like pissed off with Russia and like it went off for about 10 years and that's a major reason why they, the Soviet Union collapsed is because of the Afghan war. Because it cost them a lot of money. Interesting. Apparently, they were spending about 70% of the national budget on military stuff. Uh, As as, as opposed to, like, what would have been a more sensible way to spend that? Well, Australia spends about 1% or 2%. Right, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I see. See the the pretty big difference? Yeah,
1: Yeah, like, that's uh, the fact that they didn't really have any skin in that game yet they decided to go to war anyway that's an interesting like case of i guess you could make a connection of like that kind of arrogant bravado yeah uh reflected in that the main cosmonaut dude uh constantin yep. about and his his desire to be sort of adored and become a hero yeah maybe.
0: yeah exactly yeah. it's like the I, I don't know if it is but it's like the communist way sort of you know
1: soviet patriotic ideology maybe
0: yeah 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 and and the interesting thing is we we talk about heroes in this movie and the alien itself it feeds on cortisol right that's what they say it right. feeds on fear effectively and it's like an interesting parallel there with the heroism because what, what does it take to become a hero it, it takes you to overcome your fear to become a hero you know hmm. and this alien does feed on fear feeds on i guess the people who are not heroes and interesting parallel there given that he is the cosmonaut and he is the hero in the communist eyes and he's the one feeding on those that are not heroes that are fearful
1: did it give a reason as to why it didn't take his partner partner well i can't remember i think there was a part in the movie where they explained why it chose him instead of his partner like the alien
0: yeah yeah so he had early onset um addison's disease i think and basically that results in more cold more cortisol production or something like that or Mm, okay so he was just tastier yeah i think he was tastier and and not as good as a hero or something like that like he didn't have the right characteristics right if he was always fearful then yeah
1: yeah yeah so yeah I, I thought there was some sort of like thematic connection as to why that decision was made but
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah. it's an interesting uh, like, and uh, that's what i like i, I like this movie because the alien is cool and and going back to the symbiosis thing what it does is it kind of makes the alien more human because he has these human characteristics because he shares the same experiences and memories with Constantine and you know it, it's it's kind of like when he goes up to the um the alien when i say he it the alien goes up to her the Tatiana in the cage and like you know she starts singing to it and he hears it he being Constantine or the alien i'm not sure but like you know it feels a lot more human but generally in a alien kind of body horror movie the alien is just a baddie and you never really sympathize with it at all mm. you know nothing like that at all you just want to done outright kill that thing but not so much in this
1: yeah <laughs> tachana was like stupidly she had brave. Balls, eh? yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck <laughs> like it, like you know i it makes sense for like the movie for her to be the bravest of all the characters but like it was it was really, like, it was a really dumb thing to do. Which one? <laughs> going <laughs> into that cage what? with those prisoners? Yeah, going into the cage. Like, her willingness to just interact with the alien, like, yeah. having spent two minutes with it, being like, yeah, I can, it seems friendly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but it's good, though, because it's like, it's she's doing it in the name of understanding the creature, right? And it's kind of good to get this other aspect of it, like we're trying to understand the alien as opposed to just killing it, which is just generally the case for alien movies.
1: There's always like one character, though, who's like, well, I guess in this movie it's, H- it's Hachana and the scientist dude who's always like th- their motivation is more selfish because they, as they want to preserve it and they don't care if like people die along the way, you know, kind True. of thing.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. 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 They kind of hold an alien in higher regard than humans, which isn't necessarily right. a good thing. So, just to finish up, the director is this is his directorial debut, right? So, it's his first film. Mm-hmm. And he was actually directly inspired by, quote, Alien, Blade Runner, The Thing, E.T. And he said that the 80s was a golden era for great sci-fi. He, that's what directly inspired him to make this movie. And you can see a lot of connections between this and Alien to some degree, I suppose, in the very vaguest sense that it's an alien body horror. But he believes that russians because russian filmmakers i don't i don't really know much about russian film but i don't think it's super prevalent like hollywood or anything like that i can't imagine it is and he believes that russian filmmakers haven't quite defined their own version of sci-fi yet and they say that he says that most of the past movies past russian sci-fi movies even the famous ones are just relying on american blueprints basically so for example apparently and and Tarkovsky said this himself Solaris is basically just a Russian version of 2001 a space odyssey he didn't like space odyssey 2001 by Kubrick so he's like oh I'll make my own one (laughs) that's the mentality behind Solaris right so Abramenko is is I don't know he's trying to he said he's trying to make his own like kind of genre I suppose and it'll be interesting to see what he produces next because apparently he's got some ideas of an AI film next it'll also be Russian as well and i enjoyed this film reasonably well and i think it's hopefully his next one will be good right
1: yeah i like i like the spirit uh yeah i like the fact that he is trying <laughs> although it's funny that you mentioned that like all those films that he listed off as his inspirations are all hollywood films that <laughs> like yeah he's trying to break <laughs> trying to create an identity for russian sci-fi and he, he's but i mean you know it's not his fault that those are the good sci-fi films like yeah but yeah i mean yeah you fucking go for it dude please like give your nation a, a unique cultural identity with your sci-fi yeah. films yeah, yeah and interesting I, I, to
0: see. I think this felt pretty russian yeah yeah it did <laughs> that's all that matters then felt russian and <laughs> i i and the reason why it's so anti-communist is because he was basically born like after the soviet union collapsed. You know, like, like you said before, like, it's such a weird thing. Like, they, they really are actually Soviet in this, like, mm. and it's not like, I know the Soviet Union collapsed, you know, 30 years ago, but, so, like, Chernobyl, have you seen Chernobyl? The mm, some, HBO Some series? of it. Fuck, you gotta get on that, eh? Yeah, I will. You know, it's like, apparently it's like the highest rated TV show on IMDb with, like, Breaking Bad. <laughs> okay, I don't. Is Breaking Bad the highest rated show on IMDb? I don't think it is. One of yeah, it's like in the top five. Oh, okay. There you go. I mean, Planet Earth Two, I think, is number one, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but anyway, like, but Chernobyl it got it got slammed in Russia by the critics there because it's like super anti-Soviet, supposedly, even though all it was doing was mostly telling the truth and it's bloody accurate too. And but they they were saying like it's a slander and like and apparently. <laughs> Apparently, Russia are making their own version of Chernobyl now, and it's centered around the, a conspiracy theory that a CIA agent started the disaster. Like caused hey, disaster that sounds occur. pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's going to be good, but yeah. it sounds more like fiction than non-fiction.
1: <laughs> as, lo- as long as you can identify that, then just it sounds like a good time.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're making it as though it's non-fiction. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> no, just... But it- all the Russian people just need access to the same information we have. It's
1: not it's not that hard. Just well, they not, do. <laughs> they they do have access to it.
0: Well they, apparently like Chernobyl is super popular in Russia. Right. At, yeah. So all the gov all the critics which were like affiliated with private companies that were basically funded by the government, they're the ones that are like, Oh fuck this, it's shit. But apparently like the viewing of Chernobyl was just great in Russia. They loved it. Oh, they they really wanted it. That's cool as yeah yeah, yeah. The pe- people don't give a shit and like <laughs> yeah and again like it's sputnik says the same thing it was very well watched in russia and i I mean i i, I haven't seen any reviews by any government organizations in russia of sputnik saying it's anti-communist but mm. obviously the people like it and the people don't give a shit about it being anti- anti-communist at all so again it just signifies the same thing i've said before that you know like the soviet union people were just sick of it and People have moved on, and they like the way it is now.
1: Yeah, rock, rock on, Russian people.
0: Um, oh, yeah, I forgot to ask, man. What is Sputnik? It's the first uh, thing to go into space ever. Yeah, right, okay. The first okay. satellite that the Russians sent out. The sphere with the little pointy bits off it.
1: Yeah, Billy Joel yeah. says it, it's it's one of the things and We Didn't Start the Fire, so I'm assuming it was something
0: important. <laughs> yeah, it is in the lyrics of that song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Along with, I'm pretty sure fucking brezhnev or something like that
1: yeah and doris Day and harry truman <laughs> that's a good song I, it is a good song it's a great song
0: yeah cool I, I, that's why i like the film I, I don't know if i've convinced you a little bit but no you actually I, you actually have I, it's good it gives me good like as someone that you know i've always been a little bit interested in history and and it, there's a little bit more historical context but in a very subtle way it's not obvious yeah yeah
1: no yeah i know fuck all about history so now having this context it is actually pretty interesting yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. Anyway, that wraps that up. Uh, have you got any recommendations for people?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there is a 2018 movie called Life, oh, which is
0: fuck off. That's you know? my recommendation. No. <laughs> oh my god. Too bad. <laughs> so have you seen it? No, I haven't. But it's got Jake gillenhall in it, right?
1: Yeah, and Ryan Reynolds. Okay, but Life is same kind of. Gross body horror sci-fi film, squishy organic aliens going into orifices in people. Yeah, it's fucking. It's, it makes me queasy.
0: Uh, really, and it's very, very kind of similar. Yeah, okay. I should have known that because uh, I was meant to recommend that. But well, Pat stole my recommendation. It'd be like that. Yeah. Well, if you want to hear more about aliens, listen to our The Thing podcast. That's all I can recommend.
1: Wait, actually, was was Life 2018? Did I no, get... no,
0: it's 2017. Sorry, I, should, I was oh, okay, looking at I it just when you looked said up... that, and I didn't even bother correcting you.
1: <laughs> I looked up Life 2018, and it's some sort of, like, Korean medical drama.
0: <laughs> no, 2017. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. Also distribu- distributed by Sony. Hmm, interesting. Oh,
1: there you go, conspiracy. Yeah. And so it was Venom.
0: <gasps> Ooh, I haven't seen that, though. That's <laughs> shit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty garbage. All right, well, I'm not recommending that film. Can you um, plug us? Where can people find us, Patrick? People can find us on
1: Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can visit our website at amttm.com and follow our Facebook and Instagram links through there. Uh, if you have any questions, queries, insights, criticisms that you'd like to send to us, you can at mail at amttm.com. We are part of a network of uh, media critique and analysis so if you're if you like the stuff we do then you'll probably like the stuff over at zeroindent.com.
0: cool and what are we doing next time
1: okay so next week we are doing the 2010 film the social network directed by david fincher and written by the legendary aaron sorkin i'm super excited to do this
0: starring jesse eisenberg yeah what do you think of him oh, yeah he's good i like him do you find him to be a bit of a dick
1: yeah, like he's got like this nerdy arrogance to him. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, dudes Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, describing it. What the fuck? Justin Timberlake is in this? Yeah, I was looking at that too. <laughs> Why the fuck is he in it? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Yeah. So yeah, we'll see you next week for that.
0: Sweet. All right. Well, there we go. Social network next fortnight. uh thank you for listening to our podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya.